This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. One year ago today, I made my debut appearance on this podcast, not as a host or a producer, but as a guest. Heather Knight was a co-host then. I serve as the president of the Bay Area chapter of the Asian American Journalists Association, and Heather invited me on to speak about the mass shooting two days earlier in Atlanta. A white gunman opened fire inside three spas on March 16, 2021. Eight people died. Six of them were women of Asian descent. At the time, I was working as a producer on a daily national news podcast. It had been a long and hard production day, scrambling to find voices who could speak about and try to explain what had just happened. By the time I hit record for my interview with Heather, I was exhausted, brain fried, heart heavy. But as a Chinese-American woman, I wanted to share my thoughts, finally. Here's a snippet of that conversation I shared with Heather Knight one year ago. You think that you would develop a level of being numb to these stories, but it, it hasn't really happened yet. And these latest attacks feel like an escalation that I think we all have been bracing for. And I think it's also, uh, along with the shock and the, the disbelief and the fear, there's also just this terrible sense of I kind of knew this was going to happen or something like this was going mm -hmm. to happen. And I think particularly as an Asian American woman, there are threads to this latest event that mm -hmm. ring true. Can you hear the heaviness in my voice? I can. And I remember how confused and scared I felt. A year later, nothing has changed. Many others, women in my community, women who look like me, they feel the same. Today on Fifth Emission, we're going to hear from four Asian American women who are community leaders in the Bay Area. Hejin Chun, Elaine Peng, Lily Ho, and Christine Dringy Ni. They say the shootings in Atlanta have changed how they work in their professional occupations, as well as how they think about identity. They reflect on what it's like being an Asian woman in this country, how they felt a year ago, what they're still scared of, and also maybe most importantly, how it's redefined their commitment to their communities. In my conversation with Heather last year, I emphasized how large the Asian American community is that were made up of many different ethnicities, many different experiences and generations. There's no singular Asian American experience, and the voices of the women you'll hear from don't represent all the perspectives that exist. But there is a common fear and confusion. Here are their voices. I'm Hejin Chen, first-generation Korean-American chef and founder of Big Bad Wolf. I think I grew up in a very traditionally Asian household where it is a patriarchy. Um, my grandfather was at the head of that household. When my grandfather would say, you know, like something absurd, like the world was flat. Not that he would actually say that, 
everyone from my aunts to my mom to my grandma would fall in line and say, yes, the world is flat. Where I, as like a five-year-old, would, you know, get up on the dinner table and and challenge him. I think I've always been pretty loud and proud about being a strong Asian woman. I'm Christine Dring E. Nee, special projects producer at NBC Bay Area. I was always kind of either the token. I guess we call them tokens now. I didn't know what that meant back then. I went to a Catholic school for eight years. I went to a very white high school in Elmhurst, Illinois. So I was like one of few Asian or just I just would call like people of color, um, period. I, I guess you'd say like, yeah, I was a slightly ashamed because you just wanted to fit in and you wanted to be like everybody else when you clearly were not because I looked very different. <laughs> My name is Lily Ho. I'm the president of Delta Chinatown Initiative. I'm Chinese American. My parents immigrated here. Part of growing up in San Francisco is you kind of grow natural street smart instincts. Um, So public safety was never ever anything that I thought about. But the way that our community has been under attack um, in the last couple of years is a whole nother level. These are completely unprovoked attacks. It's not even for economic gain. My name is Yiling Pen. I'm the founder and director of Mental Health Association for Chinese Communities. So we start this patrol team is from last year and we patrol from uh, 10 a.m. to the afternoon 4 p.m. in the Chinatown. And we just want our people to to patrol in the street, let the uh, elder people, they feel safety when they saw us. You know, being in the public spotlight, I get DMs quite often. Um, Some of them are inappropriate, just disgusting in general. But this particular one stood out to me because one, he just seemed very predatory and he was Asian fetishizing. He you know, mentioned the word Asian pussy numerous times in the DMs that he was sending me in. So I I ended up screenshotting him and then posting it on my stories. And like, there was, you know, an outpour of women being like, this is disgusting, this is vile. And there was like a part of me, even though as loud and proud and openly sharing as I am, candid as I am, I felt a little bit of shame. The sexualization and fetishization of Asian women is something I've always been aware of that exists. Even as a teenager, I could tell the difference when someone looked at me and they knew that they thought I was either pretty or or they had yellow fever. When the Atlanta shootings happened, it wasn't a huge surprise because the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes had been skyrocketing across the country. It was tragic, absolutely tragic. But was I surprised? Unfortunately not. I don't know if it was right away that we knew that six of the victims were of Asian descent. But then that sheriff came out and said that the suspect was having a really bad day. So he just kind of Because at that point, too, we were like in this peak of um, our grandmas and grandpas getting like the the shit knocked out of them right in the middle of the street. So like that was a trigger almost every day at that point. And then that just kind of uh, 
for me personally catapulted it to like another level. The guy who murdered everybody, it just kind of tied to the guy who was DMing me before. It was just this like crescendo of like energy of like feeling so preyed on and like in a way dehumanized. After that whole shooting, I don't think I really cared about who he was. So I don't know much about him. I don't even know what his name is. Like, I can't even tell you what his name is off the top of my head because I don't care. I don't care about him, that guy. I mean, I know he's a white male, but that's it. I think because they just picked the woman, picked the lady because they are no stronger because we are the few men and easy to let them to bully helpless because they, 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 they can't do anything because it looks like the, the whole world just like this because you are Asian woman. They are maybe the wonderful wife, wonderful mother, and, but they just disappear. Like those women mattered. I don't know if those women would have mattered otherwise if there wasn't this strong response post you know, pandemic, Asian hate, I would be afraid to know that would they've just been six women that worked at, you know, massage parlors, and then that was it. More with Christine, Elaine, Hedgen, and Lily after a quick break. Support community voices in episodes like this by signing up for unlimited access to the San Francisco Chronicle at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading our app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Last year, eight people, six of them women of Asian descent, were killed by a white gunman in the Atlanta area. The tragedy happened at the same time as violence against Asians was increasing across the country. You're listening to the voices of four Asian American women in the Bay Area. They're community leaders, and these are their reflections on personal safety and how they're confronting anti-Asian racism. Their names are Elaine Peng, Lily Ho, Christine Dringy Ni, and the first voice you'll hear is Hejin Chun. I was at the park in the Presidio in the middle of the day. I had just finished a meeting and I had my headphones on and um, I was there with my dog. It was at the lawn, so pretty open. And, you know, I was sitting on the ground and I felt this shadow towering over me from behind. And when I took off my headphones, I'm realizing that this person who was obviously not mentally well was just screaming all sorts of things. Um, very angry, very, very just angry and aggressive. And, you know, before anything could happen, luckily security from the Presidio and the cops arrived and they eventually detained him like far away in the parking lot. And um, one of the gardeners came up to me and asked me if I was okay. Luckily I wasn't harmed. I remember, you know, being like, I'm so tired of being strong all the time. 
I'm so tired of looking over my shoulder or having to be on alert. Um, I felt stupid for having my headphones on, even though I feel like that's something that I should be able to do in like broad daylight. Like now, all I want to do is to be surrounded by my community. I've lived in San Francisco's Chinatown since 2007. It's like my family and I wave like the Chinatown flag everywhere I go or every time I do something. We knew, like we just knew as a community that it was only going to get worse and continue. There was no end in sight and there still is no end in sight. You know, putting up security cameras in Chinatown is just one thing that I know how to do to help keep our community safe. It's definitely not, you know, not the answer to all of our problems. You know, we're often seen as foreigners, but when you walk around Chinatown and you learn about the history of the Chinese Americans in San Francisco, you learn that the Chinese Americans were one of the first people to come to California and build this part of our country. And I want people to remember that. You remember the young men to push the the the, the elder people in Oakland Chinatown and then he, he already died for that. So so when when I saw that radio, I I'm just crying. So I will feel very angry and feel very sad. I must to do something for for our community. In that time, I was just it was just nonstop. I just feel so um drained, you know, emotionally and mentally, like constantly thinking about these things and like the looming fear, right? Like even just getting pepper spray for my parents or my grandmother when, you know, she's like almost 90 years old is like, I mean, it it just seems insane to me. And really the thing that the thought that stayed with me the most is how can I prevent this from happening to my community? And I just felt like the need to turn that pain into purpose and to invite all these women to a dinner where I could like celebrate them and to nourish them and to help them feel seen and supported. And, and, and that's really all I, I feel like I can do in this moment. And for me, that, helps me remember who I am beyond feeling like the victim. And I'm a fighter. I didn't want to freeze and sit around and complain. You know, I exercise my anxieties by doing something about it. I think my voice is more important than ever at times because I have a different perspective that maybe Joe Smith doesn't have. We we must recognize where our painful come from because I, we saw these things happen. It looks like we also, maybe next one is, 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 our, is me. And also we are human beings. We have the same feeling. Yeah, we will feel the heart broken. Yeah, we, we, all of us feel pain. And the next step is how can we do something for that? We must to, to, to stand up to let our the power get more and more and let the whole world feel we can do something for us. That's why I feel so strongly about protecting Chinatown. The small businesses can't thrive unless people feel safe walking around 
and patronizing them. The residents wouldn't shop in their own neighborhoods if they're afraid to go out. Feeling safe is a core tenant of ensuring that our community can can survive. And it makes me feel good that I that I think that other people feel I am able to make an impact and moving the needle forward. Like we are all trying to just move the needle forward. But do I think the shootings ever had to happen? Like, no, <laughs> like, I really don't think we needed this massive tragedy to happen. And I hope this momentum continues for a long time. I just think I have to keep pushing. Like, uh, I just think I have to keep pushing. We have to really have uncomfortable conversations. I have this picture of myself. I think it was like nine or 10, eight in that picture. And I put it on my phone because I look at that little girl and I just want it to be better for her. I don't know if it will be better, but I want it to be better. That was Christine Dringy-Nee, a special projects producer at NBC Bay Area. The other voices you heard were San Francisco chef Hejin Chun, Elaine Peng, the director of Mental Health Association for Chinese Communities, and Lily Ho, the founder of the Delta Chinatown Initiative. I want to thank each of them for sharing their stories. The interviews in this episode were conducted by Chronicle Immigration reporter Deepa Fernandez. You can find Deepa's piece about the women online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. There you'll find the women's portraits, which were beautifully shot by photographer Kristen Mirakoshi. This episode was produced by me and edited by King Kaufman. Thank you for listening. <laughs>